Heaven high. Heaven high. Come on then, sing the full song. No, I'm afraid I don't have rights. The right, <laughs> the, the rights holders haven't given me permission to do, do so. Not, do you not have the rights to print the song in 3D either? No, I don't. I can print it in 2.5D, but the moment I get to 3, those bloody lawyers come down on me like a ton of uh, strangely fractal bricks. Did you see the Katy Perry's lawyers are stopping people from printing sharks? Really? Yes. Well, you know, shark, printed sharks can be quite dangerous. They can eat babies. That's true. Or more more dangerously, steal people's intellectual <laughs> This is episode 180, podcast at rumdoings.com, at rumdoings. The topic today is, it's the year 2000 already. Where's our hoverboards? <sighs> it's okay, you're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to talk about it. Silvery suits, meals and a pill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> So, episode 180, who's our special guest? Today, our special guest is John Walker. Uh, hello? Hi, hi. Is, uh, is this on? Can you hear me? <laughs> Esteemed social justice warrior and part-time games blogger. And podcast guest... Uh, extraordinaire is what you want no. to say. No. You didn't want to say extraordinaire? I wanted to avoid it, because I, I was going to... Because I was thinking about just saying extraordinary and doing the English <laughs> translation thing, which people sometimes do. Yeah, but that would have been doubly arch. So then you stopped yourself. I just I just pressed abort. <laughs> yes, abort, abort attempt at doing a witty but original trope it didn't work because <laughs> it's a trope and therefore it can't be either. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you were on another podcast that I listened to, hoping to get some interest out of it as I fell asleep. Up, up, down, down. I did fall asleep. Good, I did my job. Mm, but I didn't. I, I thought that, that it was a little bit too measured and balanced for my liking. So. I do see it as my job to derail podcasts. Yes. I'm invited on them. Never mind um, your job, it's your calling, it's your holy inspiration. <laughs> it is. It's my vocation. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and I did, but in a very subtle way. So in advance of this podcast, the two very, very lovely hosts, mm. they sent through an extraordinarily detailed plan of what they wanted to talk Excuse about. Excuse me, a plan extraordinaire detailed. <laughs> and the, uh, yeah, so it was like step by step, everything that would be discussed in meticulous order. And I think I managed to uh, uh, help us avoid speaking about any of it. So I did oh, quite okay. a good job, but it was just more subtle than usual. Well, yes, it's interesting. That sounds even more retentive than the running order of wrongdoings that we compile every week. Well, in fairness, it's not that we can, but the one we compiled at the start. So, yes. episode 180, we intended to begin pretending that we had the guess it was me and then talking about my being on that podcast. Yes, exactly. Shall we do that? No. Okay. How's Toby? Whack, whack, whack. Hmm. How's Toby? He is a baby. Mm hmm. And he slept for five and a half hours in a row last night. You're very proud of your baby's ability to remain almost dead for long periods of time. <laughs> I know, I'm not proud. I'm shocked and delighted is what yeah. the, is the phrase. I, made, I joked at one o'clock this morning when Laura finally managed to get him back to sleep again. I, mm. I, I said to her, um, he'll sleep through straight till morning now. And my joke was that when he woke up in 10 minutes time, mm-hmm. I would look at her and go, Morning! And mm-hmm. then he didn't wake up till six thirty, so he ruined it. You should have. He should have woken up, and you should have said evening. He ruined the whole joke. He 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 just slept today to spite you. <laughs> he did. Yes. But that's oh. how much sleep I got too. Five and a half hours. So that's nice. Gregory and Liana are going to her brother's wedding in Colombia, uh, really? and they're, and they're flying with 
Jessica, who's just over one. Uh, I didn't know she had an airline. A 12, well, it's worse. I prefer to go Jessica airline than Avianca, <laughs> but there you go. And um, 12, 12 and a half hours with Jessica. That's going to be fun. Considering Jessica can't even sit in her high chair in a restaurant for more than 20 minutes before she wants to run up and down destroying the place. So that's going to be great fun for all the other passengers as well. What a treat. Are you looking forward to taking Tobias on an aeroplane? I don't know. So I'm going to um, to America in a few weeks. Hmm. And we thought about Laura and Toby coming out too. And then we just thought, no, (laughs) no, I don't know when the right time is. It's never going to be a good time for a child on a plane. Because that poor thing, they're always going to be so bored. Well, Judith came with us uh, when she was five and a half months to the wedding, if you remember in America, oh, yes. and she screamed, uh, it's funny, she was okay to take off and landing, but just during cruise, she suddenly got bored and started screaming, and um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but sitting opposite, uh, sitting kind of opposite where we were, was uh, the actor Willem Dafoe, who I asked <laughs> who I asked to move so I could sit there and tend the baby, and he said he didn't mind, and don't worry, his children had done this to passengers as well in the past, so it was karma. Oh, that's very nice. What class were you in to be sat with William Defoe? We we were appropriately promoted. Uh, well, oh. or, or 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 as I say, we used up all our air miles, and it took us another four or five years to get enough to um to regain some of them. Excellent. But we thought it'll be nice to uh, to um, treat all the businessmen in their suit and tie to Judith's um, performance. <laughs> I'm yeah. surprised. Don't like. I don't think. I think Virgin don't allow babies out of economy. <laughs> no, probably not now. Although to be to be fair to them, um, the I couldn't settle Judith. Victoria can settle Judith. So the person who could, we just gave her to to Willem Dafoe. Well, no, to well, I'm sure he would have. But to an air hostess, as I as I call them, um, and <laughs> and the air hostess took Judith on her shoulder and just walked up and down the plane with her and calmed her down immediately. So, wow! So Judith kind of disappeared somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then about 45 minutes later, she reappeared quite calm. I heard that Willem Dafoe put her on his green hoverboard and flew around the plane. Well, yes, I mean, obviously, that's the best way to do it. And he was quite happy, except um, at the end of the flight, for some reason, um, an announcement was made saying, well, Willem Dafoe, please make himself known to the uh, cabin crew. Oh, no. They wanted to escort him off, and he looked really grumpy at that point. I was not surprised. Not the subtlest of things. <laughs> the famous A-list Hollywood actor, please make himself known. That's yeah. annoying in two directions, isn't it? One, he doesn't want everyone to know he's no. on the plane. And two, he wants them to already know which one he is. Yes, exactly. So you can't win with that announcement, can you? <laughs> So you're, you're going to... You don't really need to go to the United States, do you? Well, it's a work thing. I don't need to. Which it, is it? It's GDC. Again, last year you had people on your bed. I did. I doubt that'll be happening this year because <laughs> Nathan <laughs> Grayson, who organised it, no longer works for us. No. <laughs> the close shave. And... Uh, <laughs> and, uh, it, and... To be fair, it really was. <laughs> it wasn't very close. Well, I don't know. I mean, he certainly needed to, all that hair. And... Nathan so is a beautiful man, and I shall not have a word said against his so, hair. So you'll be, um, so you'll be climbing over all the homeless in, to, to get to. That's right, the piles of them blocking up their doors to my hotel. We saw uh, the film Hero Six. Ah, oh, yes, I, I was wondering if it was any good, and, and Victoria implied that it was. It is. She, she liked it very much, and 
Judith said it was better than Frozen, but then again, she I think any film that she saw, because, you know, it's closer in time, right. to having seen it would be better. But Also because Frozen is really, really average. It's very good. It's, it's not, it isn't very good. Sorry, Judith has seen it nearly 15 times. <laughs> Laura and I sat down to watch it because of everyone's excitement, and I'm a, I like a good, I think Disney have been really good lately. I love Tangled. I think it's a beautiful mm. film. Um, so I sat down to watch Frozen, and it was just rubbish. The songs were just, we are now singing this bit for some reason, even though it's just exposition and doesn't really have a sort of proper defined Airborne flow, snowman. Incorrect. And the story was just a bit boring. Yeah, well, you're a bit rubbish. Here's a nice thing. Once upon a time... You've just said something. You've you've just disillusioned yourself from most of our uh, listenership. Good, because I hate him. Yeah. (laughs) So... Racist, sexist... You were thinking. So, you were thinking of him as Chinese. That's I why was, I, know you I were was racist. picturing. I was picturing our Chinese listener. Do you know what you were doing in your head? All liking Frozen. Do you, do you know what you were doing in your head while you were saying that? Yes. Your head was going. <laughs> That's what your head was doing. Well, look. Okay, I have a, a healthy satirical hatred of all stupid Chinese people. Yes. Whereas your daughter has an actual real one. <laughs> no, I think... Well, as, as I told you, she suddenly said in the car, and funnily enough, on the way back from the cinema, she said, all Chinese people need to go back to China. They shouldn't be in England. They should leave England for the English people. <laughs> but why just the Chinese? Why? I mean, obviously, has she... I wanted... What I wanted to ask you was, does she have any understanding that you're not English? Does she get that yet? Well, she knows that I came from South Africa, so she has a, a, a mild appreciation, but I don't think she minds about that. I think she specifically minds the Chinese. I mean, she doesn't mind her first-generation Nigerian friend at school, etc. Uh, and although one of her friends is Chin- is kind of second-generation second Chinese, called Ting Ting... I was going to say, I've heard that she's friends with a panda. Yeah. You see, that actually is racist. <laughs> um, and... And so I said, well, what about Ting Ting's mother? She comes from China. And she said, well, yes, Ting Ting's mother will have to go back, but Ting Ting can stay because even though she still looks Chinese, yeah. uh, uh, I'll say that she's English. She, she basically, you've given birth to Nigel Farage. <laughs> but I, I, I do think, because I think that her Nigerian friend is bads with Ting Ting. He was what does bads mean? Well, I well, thought this was a typo in the text. You no, said. bads. Any, any, any. Our listener will tell you. Uh, yeah. In between being inscrutable and uh, smoking an opium pipe, uh, <laughs> what bads? What, what bads means in the appropriate uh, uh, modern figures? And basically, it it, it means that uh, you know the ebbs and flows of playground politics. Right. Uh, and I heard. Uh, associate say that uh, he didn't like Ting Ting because I think Ting Ting had taken his lunch or, you know, one of those ridiculous things. So I never heard that. So I think that may have developed into a, a Nigero-Chino uh, conflict, which is gracious, of, of which Judith is now the uh, victim of its propagandic alpha. <laughs> so it gets very complicated. Playground politics is incredibly complicated every day there's this new she's my friend but then she's not my friend but she's the other person's friend and then she said that i'm this and then she said the other's that then took her over there and oh my goodness i can't keep up it's it's worse than uh, it's worse than the machinations are going to be to try and put together a, a coalition after the next election so what is going to happen after the next election because it looks like basically the tories and the and the uh labor will be about the same size they won't be able to have a majority but this time 
the Liberal Democrats won't be enough even when you combine to make a coalition. So what's going to happen? I think it's going to be a coalition of all the minor parties and the big parties won't get to come in. But the minor parties aren't big enough either. So what's going to happen? Seriously. Nobody is big enough to be in coalition. There is only one coalition where where there'll be a big enough majority and that's a Labour Conservative coalition. Otherwise... All that will have to happen is there'll no. be a minority yeah, party. Yeah, I was going to say, they said the boring, sensible answers will have a minority government with a, a pact <clears throat> with one of the parties to vote with them on particular... Well, things. the problem with the minority party is they tend to be very unstable, mm-hmm. and effectively that would mean another general election within a year. That's they would probably what's going to happen. But, not, but the Labour Party can't afford, no, literally indeed. can't afford another, uh, another election. So it can't happen. And I, I was wondering, I mean, there's been some... It's, it's against the SNP's constitution that they vote in uh, Westminster issues, but they did say they would vote for English NHS issues in, in Parliament. So I wonder whether they're softening themselves up to make a, an SNP Labour coalition. In... Well, they've both, outru- they both said they wouldn't do it, but yeah. the temptation of power, I think, will probably overrule But any... wouldn't that be extraordinary if the SNP effectively ends up holding together the United, United Kingdom government? <laughs> that would be very funny. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And it's not that long now. I saw a projected map of uh, Scottish results, which was just yellow. Just SNP. Yeah, well, it looks like um, the the SNP proposed to turn Scotland into Mac Venezuela, what with the oil prices as they are. And, <laughs> and their... And their reward for this close shave is to win all the votes. Very, it seems to have gone very well for them. They didn't get what would have been disastrous and would have destroyed their party, but they did somehow get all the acclamation for being lovely, magnanimous losers. I think Jesus clearly loves uh, <laughs> the SNP. That's, that's the proof, and there's the title of the episode. Yes. So there we are. Um, what's your friend doing with uh, Wings Over Scotland now, then? Well, it's continuing on and being extraordinarily successful. Well, that's good, because we host him, so, you know, I'll yes. take, I take money from all comers. Oh. <laughs> well, he's, he's huge in the UK now. He's got a lot yeah. of readers. Well, mostly, mostly in Scotland, obviously, not actual proper no. UK. No, indeed. Not the real bits, just not the mountains. One thing that you did suggest inside this other podcast that you were speaking was that PC gaming is effectively finally dying. Because you said <laughs> no, I didn't say did, anything of the sort. Because basically, with five to ten percent of, of of game sales, that's extraordinarily limited. I'm oh, surprised no. it was that limited. Fight cross-platform at mm. extraordinarily high, bearing in mind the zero budget marketing that they put into marketing them and the zero shop shelf space. It's actually extremely high percentage, bearing in mind the conditions, and that's for cross-platform gaming. I remember when people used to think that the Amiga would be safe because it got 20 or 30% of game sales. It was dead soon after. Yes, but again, the Amiga and the PC are not analogous, so it doesn't work. I don't know. I mean, it's, it surprises me that games consoles are still so popular. Why? What do you think is going to be instead of them? Well, mobile gaming, it just seems this big, heavy, uh, fan-filled, hot, ring-red-of-death box underneath your telly, which you no longer watch anyway just doesn't feel very future proof to me but the problem with the the mobile gaming is they're still very underpowered and they're small screen so you want to play you know if you want to play your your call of heroes on your giant Mm. 50 inch tv that's a very different thing than playing you know angry birds on your telephone 
I men's games rather than lady games. Well, excuse that way, certainly, but obviously there's about... I don't know what the percentage of... Uh, I don't know the percentage for mobile gaming. I know the percentage for hardcore, as it's known, gaming on console, as on PC, is 20% female. Yes. And I know that the overall skew for all of gaming is it's about 52% women, female, to 48% men for over all of gaming. So you have to assume that mobile skews towards... Yes fit women but there's obviously a lot well, of men well not in, well, well in this house hardcore gaming certainly skews towards women victoria mm. was playing um what's that game called again the was she playing portal no the shooty shooty trains go into a big thing and people get turned into robots game that's all that that's every video game you've just described no no the famous one the one that they they can't be asked to make a, a sequel of describe it again well, people are running around and there's guns and then there are all these trains that you've seen throughout the game. So you realize the trains go into this big depot where they, they get converted into cyborgs, the people in the trains. You know, the famous one, Two and a Half. You've gone insane. The, the Two and a Half game. Two and a Half game? Yeah, it's just something forgotten, you know, and then they're supposed to do, they were supposed to be doing a sequel of it, but then they suddenly realised that they are had a money... Half-Life? They had a money printing factory instead. Yes, Half-Life, whatever. Victoria told me that there are all these trains going to a shed and they, they you see where all the trains have been leading to. Basically a kind of video game Auschwitz converter. Yeah, but they're not, oh, I don't know. It's not really, it's more and one of the And one of the guns changed colour. <laughs> the gravity gun? Yes, it, it, you got an upgrade inside some area and it changed colour. Right. And Judith was watching while Victoria was playing and shooting all the people. And she got very upset and she said that she didn't like it when it changed colour. She wanted to go back to its old colour. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she wasn't upset by all the maiming and murdering and shooting no. and whatever. But she, she did get very upset when the gun changed the colour. She disapproved <laughs> it. So there you are. Yeah. What, this is st- what, what's your theory that's happened to Half-Life 3 then? They just can't be asked, can they? they they've got, to, as I said, they have a. They, they suddenly realize, oh, hold on, we've got a money printer instead. Why should we bother? And well, no, have... because they still employ all the people who make the games, and they still make other games. Well, just make the other games. Well, Why? they're making Dota is obviously Dota Two is their money is their current money machine. Day of the Tentacle Two, excellent. <laughs> Sadly, not. Although um, there is an HD remake in the works. Mm. I'm not sure if I want one though. No, nor do I. I love the original Day of the Tentacle. Mm. So, well, I don't know. I mean, it just seems strange to me that um, I think that they would have released it by now. So I think that what it probably means is uh, unless they're doing what I said they're doing and they are really waiting for the Steam box to happen properly. And then, well, again, do... they're delaying that in, uh, incessantly as well. So this is this is the, the, what, where the phenomenon of the valve time comes from, where they don't <laughs> ever give release, put release dates on things. So, this, yeah, people seem to have got pretty screwed by the Steam box. Uh, the expectation that it would come out last year. And that the mm. whole OS would be ready, and then a bunch of game boxes that were from other companies that were meant to be Steam boxes have now been released under other names, mm. which I can't imagine that those companies were particularly pleased about. No, no, it's a bit. Um, it's a bit but yes, yeah, so, so Your Valve friend Gabe doing, is being odd. Valve obviously very successful because of Steam, but also Dota Two makes a lot of money, and um, Team Fortress Two is still generating astonishing money. Uh, Counter Strike, Source, uh, Counter no, Counter Strike, um, Doodars thingy, what's it? Mm. Um, and all that, so they they've got games that are making money, and but then the whole like Left 4 Dead three just seemed to have vanished into the ether. Half Life three is obviously not a running joke at this point of never coming out. No, my theory is that they're just 
starting it and starting it and starting it and never being quite happy with where it's going and jacking it and starting again. Well, it's possible. They have the they have the luxury of exactly. Of doing yeah. it. So, um, what what do you think of uh, HSBC helping clients to dodge tax? I think it's. I'm more entertained by the Guardian's uproar. <laughs> Well, yes, I, I, have you I seen thought... their spe- they've done a special, unique front page layout to expose the horror that is a company that uses tax avoiding schemes um, on, on little islands and and places. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well done, Guardian. Who is it owns the Guardian? Guardian Media Group is uh, all done through the Cayman Islands, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's uh... oh dearie, it's meat. such an odd. You'd think that they would have some hubris at this point. <laughs> Some well, some, some limit on the hubris. I mean that. Yeah, no, it's it's it is strange, isn't it? In that, uh, I I actually blame the. I think it's Russ Richard. I think he's probably just a big ball of hubris. I I'm hopeful that when Russ Richard goes, maybe. I the, thought he'd gone. We have. I, I think his spirit lives on. <laughs> I know he's still there now, isn't he? Is he I still? Can't remember. He's not in the he, same he, role. Yeah, he made an announcement. Let me let me have a look. Oh, you're right. He made the announcement, but hasn't actually gone yet. Did you talking about pusillanimous editors? Did you see the uh, the privatized reaction to Charlie Hebdo? It was pathetic, wasn't it? It was really pathetic. And what's worse, they attempted inside to do an R, uh, not R, uh, yeah. and then that didn't work either. They, in fact, the whole the previous edition, the whole thing was tainted with this sense of we are not going to be pressured into saying or doing anything satirical. Yeah, which is such an. I mean, Private Eye as an investigative journalist organ is is um, probably the best out there at the moment. Their journalism is is unsurpassed, yeah. but I don't think they can call themselves satirical anymore. No, I think it would be wrong for them to do so. I think correct, but I, I think that's his lot. I think his lot is a little uncomfortable with true oh, satire. Yeah. I think that's possibly the issue. Yeah. <laughs> it was really odd that so they had the cut the cartoon special, so they had printed pages of cartoons of. What our cartoonist said then, and it was the idea was to prove, look, we've always had cartoons that are edgy on this subject. And yeah. they printed a bunch of incredibly weak and pathetic cartoons. And then it was what our cartoonists say now. Which were even and worse. It, and they were so much worse. They were just cartoons about the reaction to the we- the weakness of people's response. It was just it didn't make sense. Yes, that there was there is definitely an argument to say that you don't have to, you know, the we are Charlie thing is, is peer pressure. I mean, no one has to obey it instantly. And um, mm. that's not free speech being demand, told, told what to print. But Private Eye acted like that meant that the only right thing they could possibly do is be cowardly on every level. They did print the Conveniently, cover. Conveniently, yes. They did print the cover of the most of the last issue yeah. of Ebdo inside the um, front page. Mm. Yeah. Um, in a t- tiny, tiny, tiny print, but they did print it, which is more than you can say for most places. True. Uh, but what's even worse is the current issue's letters page, which is they they do the they 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 suggest that there are two types of letters. Oh, I've read that. Yes, and that really annoyed me more than anything else. That well, that's what brought it to mind. Yeah, it's a, exactly. So they print an ex and a ridiculously overblown, pompous letter from someone saying, "How dare you? How dare you cancel my subscription?" Mm. And then they print a. a pathetically simpering letter of someone saying oh my goodness you're so brave you you managed to and then not actually say what they did was brave and then the uh, hislop adds oh most of the letters were like the second type 
Well, well then, oh my goodness, if that's the standard that privatised readers want from the magazine, no wonder it's it's abandoned any tight style of satire at all. And the fact that that, the thing that, oh, I'm going to rant about privatised. Well, that's fair say, enough, because it, you know, it, it deserves a bit of a rant on that, I think. In, 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 in investigative journalism, as in the back, is, is on fire. They're doing such good work, but... The, and I enjoy their media coverage and their newspaper coverage. I enjoy reading all about all this, you know, this editor said this, but actually he's a hypocrite because of this. It's hardly groundbreaking stuff, but I also enjoy reading the, mm. reading the schadenfreude of these things. Freude, uh, Freude. I'm not actually German, so I'm always going to let you down in that sense. Schadenfreude. <laughs> Racist. I am half Welsh, you see. That was proof. True, yeah. Uh, but the cartoons, the strips that they run, they're still running that supermodel strip oh, in yes. which the, the single punchline is supermodels are stupid, which they demonstrably are not. Well, stupid and and thin, to be fair. And they're very thin, aren't they? Yes. That's funny because they're like a single line yes. drawing. And then they have, um, they have the, oh, Yobs by yobs. Tony Husband. <laughs> who is 173 years old and hates, absolutely hate. well, most of the strips, as far as I can tell, just hate poor people. Yes. The very concept of poor people disgusts them, to the point where they feel they need to draw a fortnightly comic strip in which they just go, ugh, poor people, gross. Except it's grim up North London, which seems to hate gay people. <laughs> that, that, that hates gay people. Yes. Um, yobs and yobets, of course, because <laughs> it ha- hates poor and fat people. Yes. Um, there's a, I, I, I want to grab a copy, but it would mean leaving the room and you'd get cross. I will get cross, you're not allowed to. I'm going to do it, no, I'm going to do it, because we need to go through all the comics. So you need to insult me to the listeners while I take my headphones off. Okay. John is very, very fat, but he's not really poor. He makes a decent living. Um, he has a mortgage, uh, and a cat, and a baby. So, you know. Okay, stop insulting me now. All right. I've got the very, very latest issue, hot off the presses. Is it hot? Is it burning your hand? A few years ago, I asked Francis Ween um, whether they still print Private Eye on cheap, crappy paper because mm. they can't afford better or if it's just the gimmick, and he said it was just the gimmick. <laughs> he said it to me in private. I probably shouldn't have shared that. It's rude. It doesn't matter. Nobody me and Francis Ween, we're old, we're old friends. Nobody listens. That's true. It's a good point. Is Francis Ween still alive? He is. He's the deputy editor. Good, good. Maybe you need, maybe you need to have a little chat with him. Maybe I do. He's a fan of um, good music. It was years ago. I wrote a blog post and here they ran it as a story in Private Eye. Yes. Um, and then we ended up emailing and he, he said, turned out he'd been reading my blog for a while and uh, and thanked me for a music recommendation I'd made. Well, that's nice. When you still used to write proper Bizarre. blogs. Yeah. I write a different blog now. Mm, I don't think he's interested in that one. Okay, so the, the supermodel strip in the latest issue... Yes. Designer yeah. Rick Owens puts penises on the catwalk, it says in a giant caption. Right. And then there's a picture of the man I assume is meant to be Rick Owens saying, it's to appeal to all the fashion industry women. And then the next page is a bunch of men drooling with their tongues hanging out going, yeah, right, because yeah. fashion men are gay. Well, they are, yes, of course. Then then it's, it's Grim Up North London, which is where two gay people uh, are a bit posh. Mm-hmm. And then there's young British artists. Oh, good, yeah. How is that still going? Well, that's extraordinary because it basically started at the time of uh, of of the uh, young British artists, you know, with um, 
Tracy Emin and all that. Yeah, lot. And, and Hurst and all that lot. Yeah, extraordinary. They're the old guard now. Yeah, and 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 every young British artist comic, like most of the comic strips in Private Eye, is about someone saying a thing that sounds like they mean one thing, but actually they mean the other thing. <laughs> Tate tarnishing their reputation like that, I can't understand it. Says a man reading a newspaper on which the back page is printed with the text "Tate's BP sponsorship revealed after three-year legal battle, two hundred twenty-five thousand a year to greenwash oil giant." Mm. So Tate's tarnishing their reputation like that, I can't understand it. Next panel, they could get ten times that, that exclamation mark. Because they mean more money. You were expecting them to be against it, but actually they thought it wasn't enough. Yes. There's apparently by Mark Barfield, which is okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Dave Snooty and his no pals. I do is, quite like that. It's, yeah, that's, uh, that one tends to work better than most. Yes. There's yeah. The Adventures of Mr. Millibean, which doesn't work at all. No, that's Which Mr. is meant Bean. to be Ed Miliband as Mr. Bean. Well, can you give us today's punchline, please? Okay, I'll read it out, shall I? It's, yeah. uh, I don't know who the <laughs> I don't know who the Shadow Cabinet is really, so I don't recognise yeah. their their peculiar uh, caricatures. So, a fat person is saying, "I hear the Natural History Museum is removing the Diplodocus and Triceratops skeletons from the main hall." Mm-hmm. Then a lady is saying, "Why would they want to remove magnificent dinosaurs from public view?" Oh God, I know where this is going. Can you guess? It's a real tough one. And the final panel is Mister Millerbean saying, "I can think of a few reasons," and they're all reading newspapers saying that Mister Millerbean is a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they thought of. <laughs> I think even the Now Show would have been embarrassed by that. <laughs> There's Celeb, which is by the guy who does the co- comic strip for The Telegraph. Doing and, the joke, about... and the joke is that he's an old, washed-out celebrity who likes drugs. That's right, that's that joke. There's Snipcock and Tweed, which is... Again, it's the, you think we mean this, but actually we mean this. But about no, that's a publisher publishers. joke, yeah. Okay, let's hear, is, let's hear it this week. It's at least inoffensive in its mm-hmm. rubbishness. It may be ruthless, but you have to select your target and just go for it, says the publisher reading American Sniper. And then the next one, he says, bang, it's shot to number one, way to go. And the other one says, another killing mate. See, you thought they were talking about being a sniper. But actually they were talking about... Bang. Getting it into, into the thing and the thing. <laughs> um, and then there's Yobbs by Tony Husband. Let's hear what rubbish... Well, here's my favourite okay, thing there. about Yobbs. While we're reading out cartoons on, a, on, a, on the radio. Yes. My favourite thing about Yobbs is that not only is it just based on the, a, a really sickly hatred of poor people mm-hmm. but it also just often doesn't have a joke yes it's just like i think tony husband's so old <laughs> he just doesn't know that he's not writing jokes anymore no so uh, uh, a yob a, a, a bald-headed poor man throws a can over his shoulder near a bin and a not fat, not bald, not yobbish looking man says to him excuse me there's a bin over there for rubbish and then in the final panel, the man who said that is in the bin and the yob is saying, good idea, pal. Pal. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Because <laughs> he's rubbish. That's... Oh, oh, I get it now. There is, I need to say, a splendid cartoon strip in Private Eye. Okay. It's new and it's called Seen and Heard and it's absolutely stunning every time. Oh then, by it's far too long, but it's by it's and it's not a comic. It's it's by called David Ziggy Green, and what he does it's on the letters page, and what he does is um, he goes to topical events and interviews people, and just draws 
cartoons of them and the comments that they made. Right. And it's always beautifully put together and, and really and really smart. And right. I love it. And I don't understand why they can't do more stuff like that. No, that's true. I'm going to, just, just talking about good comics, I am going to read you out today's user-friendly, which of course just... Oh, I can't, I'm going to look at it. I, I don't it, think you can, I think the listener at this point needs to go to userfriendly.org, is that it? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, at the moment they're primarily printing back issues, but still, you know, I'm sure it'll be a great one. Okay, are you so, ready? No, you need to go along and join in because you need to, everyone needs to be able to see the pictures. Okay, I'm there now. Okay, so um, to, to be clear, this is the cartoon for February the 9th, 2015. So go back to that by clicking oh, yes, on Monday, course. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at the bottom. Um, it says, that, so the little furball mm-hmm. at, the top of the, at the top of the old monitor says, Are you ready to go yet, AJ? And then AJ says, Yep, I'll just let my spyware scan run over lunch. The computer then says, Scanning, please stand by while the computer operator leaves. And it says, scanning complete, no spy reported. And then a little eye on a stalk hops off from the keyboard and says, heh, missed me, poik. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, user-friendly. Never, ever lets you down, does it? No. I also had to zoom in with my with my browser because the graphics are, and the text are so scratchy and awfully rented. I couldn't read it. There is, as I as we speak, a baby dressed in Halloween clothes attacking me. What? Why is that happening? Bat baby. <laughs> why is it doing that? I don't know why it's doing that, but he looks very happy about it. Oh, was baby, he? Ha- can you say hello to the listener? Toby, do you got anything to say to the listener? He doesn't. He doesn't got anything to say. It's almost like his brain's still mush and he can't communicate properly yet. He can say good words, though. Yeah. You say good words, don't you, Toby? You've gone into baby voice now. You're embarrassing the listener. He's there. Who's with your little baby rub to his listener then? Yes, but what have you got to say to Toby? It didn't really work, did it? No, it's almost as good as a private eye joke. <laughs> it was, it was close. But it wasn't on quite on the level of user-friendly. No, no. Oh, so you're going to leave your baby for nearly two weeks while you go to San Francisco and play uh, homeless dodging. It's a week and a half and I feel mostly distraught about doing this. It'll be fine, he, he won't give a toss. Yeah, but I will. What if he does something important while I'm away? Well, he suddenly jumps up and starts tap dancing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'll, you'll be able to watch it over Skype. He's pretty good at standing up, aren't you, Topes? No. Oh, I heard him snuffle. He did. Mm. He's yeah. a very snuffly boy. He's had this cold for over two weeks now. Great. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's standing up right now. Oh, look at you. You're so clever. Yes. And a yeah. big smile, too. I apologise, everybody. <laughs> I never did this. I know. This is how Nick talked to Judith. He didn't, because he was too busy sitting in his office full of sheafs of yellow papers. <laughs> yellowing or yellow? Were they intentionally yeah, they were already yellow? yellow. And occasionally he would open the door and say, Woman, keep that bloody noise down! <laughs> yes. And that was to, to Judith, not yeah, to right. her carer. Because Victoria was being too noisy. Yes. I yeah. just slammed Toby's head into the headphones. Okay, that's good. Because I'm a good daddy. How's your cat? She's all better. All better. Did we yeah. talk about her paw on the podcast? Well, you said, you said her paw had a hole in it. but Yes, uh, it's all healed up now. She, and she doesn't care anymore? 
didn't care at the time. Guess how much that cost, all told? £325. £690. Hmm, that seems a bit much. It does, doesn't it? Bear in mind, she was free. Well, she wasn't free, was she? She clearly came with the... Yeah, that was that was just an initial enticement offer. She was, right. she's, a, she's, a, she's a free-to-play cat. <laughs> mm. And as usual, I've been burned by those horrible offers. <laughs> yes. Do you want to fill in your cat's paw? Well, that'll cost you <laughs> 600 What if you just click no? He can, I could grind my way to having her paw better, but it would have taken months of yeah. weeping pus. Yes. Basically, what the, the situation you were in, yeah. Toby, I can't believe you're not talking to the listener. Well, he doesn't talk, he's a baby. He says wonderful words. Like what? Um, well, he, he used to say lovely things like, ah, ooh, and ah, 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 ho, and now he says things like, ah. He's turned into a bit of a monster. Oh, great. Should we, we'll need to get a new special guest on, won't we? Toby, you could be the episode 180 special guest. Well, he basically is. Oh, did you know that Richard Herring's wife is having a baby? I was, I was, do you know, as we started recording, I was thinking of asking you, do you know if they've had a baby yet? She's having one. There you uh, go. But he promised that he'd never uh, have sexcrement, as he called it. He did, didn't he? He did promise. What's happened to... What's happened to good old Rich? Uh, he's, uh, He's in his 40s now. Hmm... But bye, he... Toby. Bye. Bye. And he's going now. Good. He just got on his motorbike and rode off. <laughs> oh, Ju- Judith went to school today on her scooter and she fell over flat on her face. Oh. And, and she got upset. I said, so I said, oh, maybe we shouldn't take your scooter tomorrow. And that, that made her really angry. Much more angry than, <laughs> than, than falling. So, yeah. All these things to look forward to. Um, no, but it, it is true, I think, that... Um, at some stage, you are probably going to have to send your baby boy to school as well. I don't think so. No, you think again? You think it's probably not not going to be worth it? So we're putting him in the sausage factory. Um, are you still on user friendly org? No, but I can be. Go back there now. Okay. And which date should I press? I'm going to show you the best one you've ever seen. Okay. Go to Tuesday. Okay. So that was Tuesday, the third of. It's mm-hmm. a bro- it's a broken link for me. That was a little joke for you. It's like and the people who are discussing stuff underneath just don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, extraordinary! Yeah, it's just a broken link. Yeah. Does he? I don't think he cares anymore, does he? I don't think he's cared since he started. We should explain a little bit about how long we've hated user friendly for. You even did a cartoon expressing your hatred. User unfriendly. Well, was, we, we, I, feel, I feel like we've linked this from I'm doing No, what was incredible about user-friendly is that during the heyday of the first dot-com boom, they actually wanted to float as a public company. Really? And, and he printed um, user-friendly uh, share, share certificates and things like that, and that's just disappeared now out of the history because, of course, it failed miserably. But that was the, you know, talk about hubris. Oh, of course, my cartoon was about that. Yes, exactly. I just linked you to it. <laughs> it's so fantastically apposite. Yes. Have you, so, are you reading it? Just opening it. Yes. Oh, yes. And he also... <laughs> maybe he inspired you, yeah, because there That's was a... That's what it was, because he was being fantastic. He was... Whereas 
my hatred of all alien Chinese people is pretend, mm. and I'm only pretending to think that they're all a sinister alien cult that will one day rise up and destroy us all. Whereas yeah. this guy actually is massively was being massively racist he against was. the Chinese. Like all the Chinese were going to eat up all their pets and going hurry, hurry, flop, and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Uh, uh, so, so there's your your cartoon. Yeah, in, indeed, and you comment by just. What's incredible is even if you look in Wikipedia, if you look in the history, if you look on We Are So Friendly, the whole notion that the, a comic strip tried to float on the stock exchange is just gone. It, it's just disappeared from public discourse. It's incredible. And obviously, that embarrassed by it. Our favourite thing, of course, about user-friendly is the depth of original artwork oh, yes. that goes in. Like, click on uh, Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Well, he, re- he takes clip art and then he repeats it in the frame, sometimes zooming in pixelatedly as a third frame. All Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thursdays, he doesn't even zoom. <laughs> it's just the same image three times. Uh, oh, another thing he likes to do, he, he, when he doesn't want to show pic- when he can't be bothered to show people who have a specific likeness, he just shows the headquarters of the office yes. and has words coming out of the windows of how the long, office. How long do you think it took him to write the comic strip? Well, okay, first part, it's a bit, picture of a building. Yes, a bad and picture And then some of a words coming out of a window. Mr. Yeah. McBride, the weather report said to expect rain this afternoon. Should I cancel your golf game? Then there's a blank panel as we pause for thought. But the blank panel is identical to the yes. first panel, just sans text. It's, and they're literally identical. It's not like he's yeah. drawn it similarly. Yeah. It's the same picture. Yes. And then the third panel is the same picture again, this time with a different voice coming out of the window saying, it's because those damned Linux hackers again, isn't it? And then the other first voice says, yes, sir. Oh, they'll pay for this. What does that mean? This was during the, again, this is a repeat. This was during the time where Dal McBride of SCO was trying to sue uh, the Linux kernel for taking his intellectual property. Right. So, yeah, he's now blaming them for the weather. Hmm. I, I, I see. There you are. I just don't... Oh. Well, we've, we've had this discussion on what I'm doing this before. There is a problem with, uh, with, with cartoons generally, isn't there? Yep. Um, I wondered whether it was online cartoons, but clearly looking at uh, Private Eye, it isn't simply online cartoons. It's a difficult art form. Well, I tried to draw one for a while, and I know how tedious it is to create them. I think you should do some more. Brian the Bunny. No, no, I don't think so. Shall we say goodbye to everybody? Yes, I think we should. Sorry we've been a little um, distracted by reading cartoons out on the, over the podcast. But it's, one the of those, it, it's one of those, sometimes we do have a randomly distracted podcast. Don't complain. Special. Yeah, don't complain that it's not as good as it used to be because we did it plenty of times. Um, maybe next week we'll be more brisk. Never mind brusque. that it was never any good. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>